Hi, welcome to True Creeps, where the stories are true and the creeps are real. We'll cover stories from grotesque gore to the possibly plausible paranormal, to horrifying history, to tense and terrible true crime, and everything else that goes bump in the night. We're your hosts, Amanda, and I'm Lindsay, and we want you to join us while we creep. We cover mature topics. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, everyone. Today, we have a story that I think is going to unlock a new fear in you. Oh, it will. It will. It absolutely will. Also, this is another one of our shorts to celebrate spooky season. Yeah. Again, loving these. It's so much fun. Yeah. And I want to start with what we're going to tell you today. We're, we're talking about a strange way to die. And in this case, it's about a sinkhole. Yeah. And I remember when this story came out years ago, I saw the headline and I was like, that can't happen. <laughs> Clicked it. And I was like, oh, no, this is horrific. That can happen. And then like for days after I kept checking because I was like, there has to be new information. This this cannot be the outcome for what happened. And it was. So it's heartbreaking. It's sad, but it's overall terrifying. Yeah. And we like talked about sinkholes in our creepy scientific discoveries episode. But I think in those instances, we talked about massive sinkholes that were very wide, if you will. Mm -hmm. And this is a little bit different than that. Oh, yeah. And those ones seemed like they were always in like the middle of nowhere. where yes. You know, forests and things like that, where it's like, oh, look what we stumbled upon. This is not the case today. That's fair. Well, let's jump on in. All right. So on February 28th of 2013, Jeffrey Bush, who was 36 at the time, went to sleep in his bed in Sefner, Florida. As normal, everything seemed fine. But something catastrophic happened while he was sleeping. Just before midnight, the floor collapsed beneath him and Jeff fell into a sinkhole that formed inside his room. Doesn't it feel like it's from a movie? Like it's some biblical type of punishment hell opened up to swallow one room of a house. That's immediately where my mind goes. And I'm like, just the, the random bad luck. Absolutely. That a sinkhole opens up in your fucking bedroom. Right. And overall, he seemed like a good guy. And, you know, his family loved him very much. But just I can't even imagine what went through everyone's mind that night. So what his family heard is a loud crash. And then they heard Jeff scream, help me. And those were the last words that they heard from him. Which is horrifying. Rachel Wicker, who would have later become Jeff's sister-in-law, ran down the hall, flipped the light on, and saw the big hole in his room. Also, Jeff's brother, Jeremy Bush, jumped into the hole and started searching frantically through the dirt to try to find Jeff. The hole at this time was about as deep as Jeremy was tall. So Jeremy could see like the house's plumbing poking through the floor underneath. And within minutes of him jumping in, a sheriff's deputy arrived and helped him out of the hole. The ground at this point was still crumbling around them. So they had to quickly evacuate. So like authorities are like, we cannot be in here. You cannot be in here. We can't continue searching for him. We need to wait for more help. After that point, though, none of them were able to enter the home again. When all of like the rescue crews and everyone arrived, engineers lowered a microphone into the hole to try to hear signs of life from Jeff. But then from what I read, a second collapse rattled the foundation and it sucked the equipment into the hole. Again, it feels otherworldly kind of bad. So there was a video of the hole that was taken the next day. And what they did was they put a pole through Jeff's window 
and the hole was pretty big. And in the video, the angles really weren't the best, but it looked like the hole took up his entire room. And there were more tests done, and the engineers deemed the property too dangerous for rescue or recovery, which makes sense if the ground beneath one room of a house is going to just crumble you can safely assume the rest of the house is likely not on like shore footing if you will yeah so additional collapses could occur at any time due to water beneath the surface and this could happen while the rescue teams are staging and more people could have lost their lives so if they had gone in and tried to help him they don't really know what would have happened right and if you think about the machinery they would need it would be heavy too so Jeff's family had to say their final goodbyes, knowing that no one would attempt to rescue Jeff. I can't imagine that feeling of like, there's nothing that can be done. And you don't want anyone else to die, right? Like, you don't want anything bad to happen. Yeah. But in my head, I'd be like, maybe he's still alive somewhere. You know, like, maybe he didn't die. And that would just crush me. I think that would crush me, too. But I think that everyone I know who I love, who would be worth rescuing, would not want other people to die for them. That's fair. Yeah. And they would, like, be scared and terrified, but also not want other people to risk their lives. And I think the other part of this, too, is that he was an adult. If it, I think it would be different if they were a child. Yeah, that's true. But anyway, the family made a small memorial in front of the home. And not surprisingly, like, it was very difficult for them to watch the inaction, which, of course, it was, right? Like, it's heartbreaking. And so experts continued to run tests, and they wanted to see how far the underground cavity reached. This way, they could determine if more homes in the area were in danger. And in the meantime, nearby houses were evacuated. Estimates put the sinkhole at 20 feet deep with a 30-foot diameter. But for safety, officials created a 100-foot safety zone around the sinkhole. Another interesting thing to note is that, according to Jeremy, the brother who had jumped in but then got out, someone had visited the house weeks earlier to check for sinkholes and other issues, but they didn't find anything wrong suspicious suspicious and just while researching for this episode we're going to talk about it in a little bit i didn't know that that's a type of insurance people have to get yeah you know like i'm over here in the desert where you can't even like dig into the ground if you want it to so like that didn't even occur to me that's fair in baltimore city there have been several sinkholes and you want me to move there i don't want you to move to baltimore city I want you to have grass, so more suburban areas. But in Baltimore City, there were a few different sinkholes, and they were random. A lot of times they were in streets, or they would be like on a street, and part of a house would go into them. But houses have gone into them as well. Oh my gosh. Because when you don't have solid ground, like it's just a thing that could happen. Yeah, like we've seen minor ones, like you said, in streets here, but like our ground is just dense and horrible. My mind cannot wrap around that being a thing. So the home was demolished, and also two neighboring houses were later demolished. The hole was filled in with four truckloads of gravel, and this unfortunately created Jeff's grave. The area was fenced off, and they created a plaque in honor of Jeff, and also in honor of the family properties that were lost, because it seemed like um, a lot of the families that had lived there were like multi-generational family homes. So sad. It is. So Buddy Wicker, he was the owner of the home, and he was told by county officials that Jeff's body was likely sucked into the water table beneath the surface and could later flush into the nearby river. But according to Philip Van Banyan, an environmental scientist, the likelihood of that actually happening is very slim. Also, just a quick note about Buddy as well. He bought the home 
the year that it was built, and him and his family were the first family to move into the neighborhood in 1974. And when the incident happened, Janelle Wicker, who was one of Buddy's daughters, was also living on the property. Rachel, who I discussed earlier, who ran in and turned the lights on, she was Janelle's niece. So Rachel was Janelle's niece, and Rachel later married Jeff's brother. Gotcha. So this also would have been a home. You know, multi-generations have lived there. And it's sad because when there was an interview done, I want to say with Janelle, she was talking about how like all the generations have spent some time there, you know, like either lived there for a short period or, you know, like would come and visit all the time. And she was like, we just we lost everything, not just a family member, but we lost our home that all of us grew up in. And it had like keepsakes and things that are irreplaceable. Yeah. Well, and also, I think the hard thing about living in a house that long, too, is that you don't even necessarily realize everything that's there. Yeah. You know, so like trying to replace things that can be replaced. If you've lived there for generations, like you don't remember every single thing. Right. Right. And Jeff's body was never recovered. His family struggled not having his body to bury. And then also, his poor family, they lost, like I said, everything and had to live in a hotel for six months before moving into temporary housing. Oof. But then kind of a good thing. Later, with the help of donations, they were able to purchase a new home, but it was in the same neighborhood. And so Jeremy visited the site of the sinkhole daily. That's heartbreaking. I felt really bad for his family. Also, just to make everyone want to cry. The night it happened, Jeff's two-year-old niece, Hannah, had also run into the room with everyone else. Mm -hmm. And so she was like completely aware of what had happened. And for a while, continually asked her parents to go dig out her uncle. Oh, God. I can't imagine having to tell a two-year-old, you know, like, he's not coming back. Yeah. Well, and having to hear that, mm -hmm. you know, as the adult. Yeah. And then I did see, too, in one of the news articles that there was another sinkhole that appeared several houses down, but I couldn't find any more information or like how much later did that happen. But apparently it did happen again in the neighborhood. But I don't think anyone was hurt. That's good. So two years later, in August of 2015, the sinkhole reopened in the same spot, and it was about 20 feet deep and 17 feet wide. A woman was walking her dog near it, and she heard a loud noise, then called 911. Also, from what we saw, it's actually relatively uncommon for a sinkhole to reopen, especially for it to be so similar to the first sinkhole. And again, they filled the hole in. So we had a sinkhole episode, but we're going to talk a little bit more about sinkholes. So they happen all over the world and often without warning. In Jeff's case, his may have been due to what's called a cover collapse. And this is actually the most dangerous type of sinkhole. And so cover collapses happen when rainwater seeps inside a tiny crack in the ground to the sediment beneath. And as more rain collects inside, the water basically carves out a hollow opening. So rather than being on solid ground, it's on a hollow opening. When this is happening beneath the surface, the clay and rich soil that's basically above this, it stays together, but it's only superficially strong, right? Because it's just that single layer of soil as opposed to what used to be beneath. Right. And do you guys have like clay soil near you? Yeah, like I think it's clay and that's why like we can't even get through. Oh, yeah, because it's so thick. Yeah. 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 Like we can't go and take a shovel in the backyard and dig something up easily. We have to like soak the ground forever. Hmm. That's interesting. 
And again, this is why you normally don't see it coming, because there's that layer that seems like it's strong, but it's right beneath that where it's hollowed out. Yeah, and there's like no way of knowing when it's under your house either. Oh, absolutely not. There's nothing you could do. Uh, Yes, agreed. And so also, it starts out just a little bit of water, but as it gets bigger, that's when it gets closer and closer and closer to the collapse. And I think that that makes sense if you're thinking about like what's at play. So this typically happens in areas where limestone or other types of water-soluble rock make up a primary component of the underground sediment, and it's because liquid can pass through limestone so easily, and so it's pretty vulnerable to getting, you know, eroded by that rainwater. Yeah. It never occurred to me that that's something people have to worry about. Not at all. So sinkholes can be caused by other triggers too, though, including humans, of course, because we ruin everything. Things like salt mining have been known to cause them. And when I was researching, I found this intense video from Louisiana, and it shows the moment when a sinkhole opened up due to a salt mine. And it's like they're in, I don't know if it was a lake or river something. They're in water and you see all these giant trees everywhere. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden they go down and it eats them. I don't like that. I don't like that at all. Unsettling. Like I'm watching it. I'm like, this is this is terrifying. This is something I didn't know I was afraid of. But sinkholes freak me out. We can add the earth opening up to just swallow you. Yeah. As a new thing we're afraid of. Uh huh. Oh, yeah. On our board in this house, we are afraid of. Yeah. In this. (laughs) So many things. So many things. So after unlocking this new fear, we do want to say, even though sinkholes are fairly common, experts do say that they rarely lead to fatalities. A geologist named Guy Means, I don't know if he's related to Mark Means, I hope (laughs) hope not, (laughs) said, quote, in Florida, we are only aware of maybe five fatalities that have ever happened due to sinkhole activity. I still feel like five's five's too many. (laughs) Five's too many. I immediately looked like up. Uh, (laughs) sinkhole fatalities Maryland to see like do we have a lot of sinkhole fatalities and I'm not seeing any so far oh good I didn't know that was the thing I have to like look up before I move now yeah what a thing to research but another tick into me never living in Florida (laughs) yeah very fair adding to the 300 million that I have but (laughs) (laughs) sorry Florida (laughs) sorry Florida but you're not for me Also, just to elaborate a little more, according to CNN, issuers processed close to 25,000 claims for sinkhole damage over the span between 2006 and 2010. So, you know, just like a casual 17 claims a day. I'm just like blinking. Like, that's too many claims per day. Too many. Too many. I guess I don't think I realized like how often there are sinkholes. Exactly. Like, that shouldn't be a thing. That is, it's just too many instances of sinkholes. Too, yeah. How many sinkholes exist? <laughs> too many. However, per USGS.gov, sinkholes cost an average of $300 million per year in the U.S. That's too much. Yeah, that's too much, too much. Yeah, that's a lot of money. And just to note, too, another tick for Florida, Florida sits on a system of limestone caverns. So I can't do it. I didn't know this. I probably would have been fine not knowing it. Is Disney World okay? Like, I just can't. This is this is stressful. Yeah. 
I mean, I would imagine that they're like up under the ground supporting the ground with just like steel beams and stuff. Something needs to give under that then eventually, right? Nope. <laughs> Disney World is eternal. Like the whole rest of North America will be pocked with sinkholes, but Disneyland operating in perfect, just perfect timeliness. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I guess I can't think of anything in Florida other than Disney World. There's also Universal Studios. I mean, there's one There's one over here, too. They're like the same, aren't they, in California? I don't know. I've never been there. Obviously, Disney World is much bigger than Disneyland, but I feel like Universal is like the same thing. I could be wrong. I haven't been to Disney World since I was one and a half. I've never been. It seems very stressful, though. It is very big. Like, I can do Disneyland, and I'm like, this is a lot. So I can't even, like, process Disney World. That's very fair. That's very fair. So, um... Did we unlock a new fear? <laughs> yeah, like how this number, like, are you afraid of this now? <laughs> I am. Fair. Fair. A very terrifying, scary, random occurrence. Yeah. Especially when you think of like, I don't know, I just, you, you think of like the modern world and not like things are just randomly collapsing, right? Like, I don't know. It just seems like something that wouldn't happen. But yet here we are. Rooms being sucked into the ground. Mm-mm. yeah well as always tell us if you're afraid of this we want to know yeah this was this is probably one of our shortest shorties but enjoy (laughs) and with that uh we'll see you when we see you (laughs) thanks for creeping with us thanks for listening and as always a special thank you to our patrons who support us via patreon please see the link in our show notes to learn more about how you yes you can begin to haunt the dump guard vortexes or even become a scorching sasquatch also in our show notes you can find the link to our website more information on our sources our social media handles and our merch store we'd love for you to keep creeping with us so if you like this episode please subscribe rate review and share the show with your fellow creeps and or ghosts i beg of you Harry, Harry, what if you didn't meow during this?